Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the official second episode mm-hmm. of Supercoach Edge for 2024. As always, I'm joined by my co-host and Liam. How goes it? You going well? Yep, I'm going well. Yeah, you're yeah, trooping through. through, pushing through. We're recording a couple of, uh, just a bit of a peek behind the curtain, back-to-back episodes mm. here. But uh, we're getting through it and uh, we're doing it um, with a bit of a, a bit of a smile because, uh, of course, it is AFL Supercoach beginning again for another year. But uh, today, back in the saddle, of course, continuing on with our forwards week and we'll be taking a deep dive into the mid-prices mm. in this episode and the value options that we found. Yes, thanks, Damon. I'm really enjoying talking about forward options, which I normally don't year to year. Mm. Yeah, I'm that's true. Not, I'm not looking forward to forwards, but I'm enjoying talking about them. because <laughs> looking forward to forwards. So much, yeah. So much variability, I think, which will be good. Yeah. Of course, though, if you did miss the first episode where we did run the magnifying glass over the most notable forward primos, you can go back and take a watch and a listen. But before we do kick off, I'll quickly run through our socials and you can find us on at on YouTube if you want to have the full experience, both visual and audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, just search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to subscribe to be notified of when our content does drop from week to week or in the next couple of weeks, uh, every couple of days. Twitter, uh, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook and Instagram, search Supercoach Edge and you will find us there. Very nice. Thank you, Liam. Well, let's jump straight into it. Let's do it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Bye. Alrighty. So, of course, first cab off the rank uh, is an ex pie in Taylor Ooh. Adams as a mid forward DPP, uh, priced at 437.2K. His 2023 average was 78.2. And uh, in terms of an extra buy during the uh, the season, of course, he does have one because Colorado mm. play in round zero. So Tyler Adams, of course, has moved from the Pies to the Swans and is a player that many are considering as there's potential for him to step back into his old role in the midfield. His averages across the last three years read 78.2 in 2023, 80.3, 94.9, 
for a three-year average of 83.3, meaning he is undervalued at his price for uh, 2024 by about five points. But you'll notice the steady regression in his average over that time. While he is usually very injury prone, uh, 2023 is the only, the second time he has played 22 games across the season proper, the other time in 2017. And it means there's an inherent risk with picking him, of course. At the Pies in 2023, he did manage to average 39% CBAs per game, which was his lowest attendance rate in seasons, only managing to turn up four times across the year. So the question for Adams is, will he be able to play a majority of midfield time to make him a worthwhile pick? Who makes way for him also? Mills, of course, is set to miss early in the season due to his shoulder injury when he went up to his little shenanigans um, <laughs> in the offseason. But the Swans will want to get more CBAs, the likes of Sheldrick, Warner, and Goulden also as well. So where exactly, Liam, does Taylor Adams fit? What's your verdict? I'm not sold on him. I think he's very much a wait and see. Um, obviously, we get round zero, which would be nice. Um, mm. We also get to see him in the preseason and I really need to see his role and like what I see in his role before he makes his way into my side. If I'm honest, I'm probably leaning away from mid mid prices in my forward line and probably across my field in general. Mm. And will likely go. I'm going to say guns with a what do you call it with inverted uh, commas. Yep. Inverted commas. Yep, because I don't know if they're necessarily guns and rookies <laughs> uh, where I can. I'm just not sold on his role being solid enough for him to score well enough. I think. In yeah. Sid, for, for Sydney, like I think Sydney has a big focus on their sort of their young guys um, and wanting to give them the opportunity. So I do question whether he gets enough of a role to be score well enough. I also think at his price of 437, he makes 150K. What he's sitting at 580, 590, he's sort of sitting in that verge where you're probably expecting mm. him to be a keeper. Yeah. You're probably not trading him from there. Um, I don't think he will be a keeper. So I probably, he's just that awkward price. If he was 50K cheaper, I'd say yes, because you don't need him to play every game. You only need mm. to play him to play enough games to make cash. But yeah, I think his, his price is just a little bit too high for that. His injury history um, is also another issue for me. Um, and that's probably the bigger concern for me is that you don't want to bring him in and then him only play a handful of games um, and also in a broken up way, you don't want him to play, you know, come in for mm. five games, get injured and then come back in for a couple of games. Yeah. Um, you probably really want him to make cash early. So for me, he's probably a miss him having this two buys as well. Yeah. Um, hurts him as an option. So he's probably a no, unless he's, you know, blows it away and we see a really strong role from him in um, the preseason or in round zero. Yeah, 100%. Knock the uh, nail on the head there because whilst he's very tempting for me, his injury history first and foremost mm -hmm. scares me off. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, the, the beauty of round zero, him playing in it, is that uh, we can use that to properly assess how he fits into the Swans lineup. So there is a little bit of a um, each way bet there. So there's not the risk of starting him, you know, any other year and then going into round one, hoping that he gets the, um, mm. you know, the opportunity in the engine room. But, you know, as we outlined, even though Mills is going to be missing the early part of the season. When he comes back, is he then going to be pushed forward like, you know, he was at the Pies? Um, and then aside from that, there's still the squeeze on spots in the Swans engine room. If you take Warner, for example, he actually went backwards in 2023 in terms of his CBA oh, percentage really? with 10% less than in 2022. 
And then if you look at in terms of the uh, amount of rotations in the Swans engine room, it is quite high. Seven players discounting their uh, their rucks, mm. averaging 30% CBAs across the course of the season. So it does sort of speak to that high rotation policy that horse does like to go with through the middle. Um, so there's that a couple of him. pointers there. Yeah, that it does benefit him. Like it could benefit him sake. on the basis. Yeah, longevity, but also the fact that they do like to have a spread might mean that he does get more opportunity or yeah. does get the opportunity. Like it's not like a, a team like potentially like Gold Coast where they kind of have three or four players that they like to rotate through, five maybe, yep. um, or five key guys and then a few extras. Whereas I think the Swans, as you said, it's much more spread, um, which could benefit him. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously monitor him across the preseason mm. and, and round zero. So uh, we'll might even revisit this uh, after round zero and, of course, come up with a uh, definitive yes or no. But uh, he is one to watch. Agreed. Now let's move on to the next guy, and it is Josh Rochelle. Uh He is priced at 413.3K. He is eligible as a forward, and he had an average of 74 in 2023 and does not have an extra buy. So when he has the one buy this year, which is a positive. So Rochelle increased his average, unsurprisingly, I would say, considering he was a second-year player from his rookie year from 52.2 to 74 in his second season. Um, now, obviously, you would expect a natural increase in his scoring from a rookie year, but I think we also saw a change in his role as he started to attend more centre bounces, which is yeah. where he's been able to pick up more of that scoring, more of that, you know, that higher average uh, in 2022, he did average 6% of CBA attendances in his games, which came in five of his 13 games. Compare that to 2023, where he played 21 games for an average of 23 CBAs per match. And when he did have bulk CBAs, we can see he had an increase in scoring. In the three games where he got over 50% CBAs, he managed scores of 95, 95, and 103. Mm. As a bonus, if he does manage to increase the CBA game, in season three, he'd likely also get mid forward DPP edition later in the season. I think though, the key issue with Rochelle is whether he actually gets more CBAs and where they actually come from. Mm. Um, so when Matt Crouch returned in round 18 and Schoenberg in round 17, um, and then again in round 19, he missed round 18, we see a massive dip in Rochelle's CBAs. Mm. So he's the one that sort of lost out on that. Um, so if Crouch, you know, continues on i mean there's probably questions about whether he is best 22 i think he probably is and the other question i guess is with sloan you'd say he's likely to play less in the middle that's does he mm. ages i guess it offers up some cbas um as he averaged around 32 percent per game across the season so it, it's probably again a watch at best it's a pretty sp mm. speculative pick i'd say um, and his price, I'm not really sure I'd be ready to jump on him. I think he's one for the watch list. I think yeah. a fair few of these guys that we'll talk about today are probably ones for the watch list because they're in that awkward price point. I think across most lines, we don't really have any mid-prices who are sort of the fallen primo. I think yeah. we're kind of in that awkward point where they're, we're really looking for guys who are going to break out or um, take, a ne take the next point. step. Um, and that's across all lines um, mm. when, I, when I was having a look at them. So just one thing to consider there. Again, if we consider the 150k rule, he makes 150k, and then you trade. Like we we equate a trade to roughly 150k. It's probably a little bit less now, but we'd want to see Rochelle make 150k so we can upgrade him. And if he does that, he'd be sitting at 563.3k. It's 
attempt like there's a potential that that ends up being a forward primo this year like we don't know with the lower the lower averages we're probably going to expect and probably not worth trading out i just don't think he'll make it there and i don't think i don't think he will score i don't think he'll price him out of the market at any stage like i think he's at that fourth yeah. 13k i think i'd rather pick him up later i'd i'd rather see a role change that that looks super enticing mm. um if i see that then i might consider him but even then i think i'm not that concerned i think he can pick him up later in the season yeah he's he's at that very awkward price point isn't he where you know i think for yeah. me and you know you're probably the same as well where if you're paying for that sort of price you want almost an ironclad guarantee that he's going to have that mm. consistent change in his role that promises that uptick in cbas where he has that yeah. elevated scoring because if he sticks to playing forward and he's only, you know, a bit part midfielder like he was in 2023, it doesn't really elevate that scoring ceiling. And it's more just the hope of, okay, there may come a point in the season where he starts to just have that consistent um, yeah. time in the midfield. But as you said, you know, I can't really see making enough uh, dollar dues to be, you know, considered a playing cash cow either. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely a watch at this point, but um uh, you know, using that example of rounds 18, 17, 19, where he was losing, he was kind of like the one player uh, ahead of the rest where he was losing CBOs to those other regulars in Matt Crouch and even Schoenberg. I mean, I wouldn't even say he's a regular, but the fact that when he came back in, you know, Rochelle was losing those CBOs, which does speak to that point that he's not yet, obviously, you know, uh, a first choice midfielder. So he still needs to make that step. Um, and he's still, you know, seen as a, as a forward ahead of being a midfielder um, until that happens. So he's definitely a watch and see uh, across the preseason. But uh, at this point, yeah, like you mentioned, I'd probably prefer to um, to hold off uh, just mm-hmm. due to the price point. And uh, if he does get those uh, consistent CBAs, only then would I be uh, confident in, you know, I guess uh, parting with a trade to get him in. Agreed entirely. Very nice. Well, uh, let's move on to the next player. And of course, it's someone that I'm familiar with as an ex-bagger. Uh, mm. He's crossed to the ruse. It is Zachary Fisher. He is priced at 378.6K and his 2023 average is 67.8. And in terms of extra buy, no, he only has the one buy, thankfully. So that is a, a tick from the get-go. But not only has Fisher moved from the Blues to the ruse, he's also moved position primarily playing in 2023 as a backman when he did play late in the season. Uh, I know all too well, he was in and out of the side kind of at that point in his career. And I think at, at Carlton's evolution, that's um, it's kind of just didn't fit into the lineup. Uh, hence the reason why he was kind of played as a backman. And we've seen what players can do when they've moved to this position. Uh, I think Jay-Z, Sheasel, Dacos, especially as sort of the uh, loose men in defense, distributors, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And I must say, when it comes to, uh, I know full well with Zach Fisher, when he has the time to use the footy, when he's not under pressure, he is one of the best users uh, of the footy when he was at, at Carlton. But when he's under pressure, that's when he falters, and that's kind of the one big knock on his game. So mm. he could be uh, suited to this uh, to this role. And in games where he did play more through the back line in 2023, we saw him with scores as high as 126 against the Saints and 96 against Gold Coast, and then as low as 61 and 53, showing a big range and uh, I guess inconsistency Mm. in his scoring. There'd be no doubt he's best 22 at North Melbourne, but the question would be over his role. So will he be, as I said, that primary distributor off the back line, stepping more so into the role vacated by Jay-Z, who played it so well? With Aaron Hall also now retired, it does ease that further congestion, I guess, competition for the GC distributor role, but he still does have Sheasel, who may cramp his style. Does this new role equate to better scoring that is worthy of selection in your side as a mid-priced forward? 
Time, I guess, will only tell. And of course, the preseason. But uh, we'll have to have a look and see what that role looks like once his match sim and preseason matches begin. Mm. Um, verdict quickly for me uh, at that price point and upside that he does present. He is currently in my team, knowing how juicy that halfback role was for the likes of Jay Z, Sheasel, and Hall at various stages, with the ball largely down in North's defense as they rebuild. So it really is hard to say no, but will only be rubber stamped after seeing this role in the preseason. Liam, what are your thoughts? I have to see him play. I think um, you really need to see the solid role to be able to pick him because I think it's really based off that. It could pay off. Um, we've seen players relish that move into the defensive line, like a Jay-Z who all of a sudden starts scoring well or a Hall. Mm. Um, so I don't mind it. But, yeah, I'd have to see it in the preseason. Um, definitely not, um, not a must-have at this stage. Let's move on to the next guy, and it is Liam Baker, 445.6K. He is a defender forward eligible. Um, He has 2023 um, average of 79.7 and uh, does have the extra buy, I believe. Yes, uh, he's playing for Richmond, so he does. So Baker, um, who hurt both of us, David, if you remember, Mm. all the way back in 2022. Oh, I remember. He's one to consider in season 2024. Looking at his averages in the past three seasons, he has gone from a career high in 2021 of 82.5 to 78 and then to 79.7. This does mean he's priced probably right on his average for these three years, meaning he's neither a value pick nor an overpriced one. What's created interest in the potential role for him is a move into the midfield, which increases his opportunity to score well. We did see last year he was getting some CBAs, but it didn't really push up his scoring on a consistent basis. He did manage a score of just 50 with 31% CBAs in round 16 and a score of 77 with 27% CBAs in round 21. However, the caveat to this is that he's really never really had that consistent opportunity in the engine room. He's only really had fleeting cameos. So the jury is obviously still out. Um, I think he remains firmly on the watch list for a potential change in role in 2024 uh, with new coach in Uze at the helm. And that's really it for me. I think in terms of verdict for mine, it's mm. too speculative um, yep. to give a definitive answer at this stage, watch him, put him on the watch list. The concern that I have is he has been used too much like a Swiss army knife, you know, throw, throw him forward, throw him back, throw him in the middle um, and never really had a defined role that led to strong scoring. So at the price point of 445.6K, I want to know what I'm going to get. So unless we yeah. see something super favorable in the preseason, I'd be passing. And that's not just because I've been burnt by him in the past. That's, um, yeah, regardless. Yeah, we know it all too well, don't we? We, we ended mm. up, when we traded him in, I think it was with one of our last picks, mm. if not our last pick for the season, off the back of him playing the mid-roll. And we, we knew full well that he was at Swiss Army Knife and um, Dimmer was just throwing him around the field. And uh, by the end of it, by the end of the season, he was pulled straight. I think it was almost the the, the round that we brought him in. He was, was pulled out of the midfield, yeah. And he pushed him forward, and that was it. And that stuffed us right over. And we were left with a Swiss Army knife, right now, ass cheek, because Ooh. he absolutely got us. And it was Dimmer. So thank you, Dimmer. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't do likewise with bloody uh, Flanders. But um, anyway, uh, with Uze, as you mentioned, at the helm, um, you know, he may find that maybe he prefers. Him in a set role and no longer using him as that Mr. Fix-It, you know, Swiss Army Knife like uh, Hardwick did. And there are actually rumours that Uze may give him genuine mid-time with the likes of Koch and, of course, leaving a big hole following his retirement. He is a definite watch over the preseason, like you mentioned. Um, and, yeah, as a new coach, Uze probably needs to work out 
you know, he's obviously known, uh, done his research as to who fits where and best. Uh, so I guess Baker's that one guy that he needs to work out where does he best fit. So uh, that's why we need to watch him over the preseason. Very nice. Well, let's move on to uh, his, uh, I guess, teammate in Tom Lynch. Uh, he's uh, selectable only as a forward, of course. He's priced at 287.3, and he had a 2023 average injury affected, of course, of 64.3 with only four games. Does, of course, have that extra buy as well, um, but did suffer that season-ending injury in round four after scores of 93, 81, 44, and 39. And that really does show what you're going to get from Lynch and his scoring power. But he really finds himself on this list as he's at a pricing discount due to his season-ending injury in 2023, which sees him as a genuine mid-price slash value selection, almost bordering on high-end cash cow status, I might mm. say. Very similar to um, a little bit higher in price, but um, Ben King, think of sort of that mold of yeah. his uh, best 22 type player. And uh, he's going to have that volatility in scoring, but can score well on his day. In 2022, he played 18 games for an average of 94.3. In 2021, he averaged 70.1 from 18 games. And in 2020, he averaged 68.3. So using this as a basis, we should expect to sort of around about that minimum average of 70 odd. And given he's currently priced around an average of 51 going into 2024, it means he could make solid bank to the tune of 100K plus if he can reach that 70-odd average. We only really need to cast our minds back to 2022 when he increased close to 180K between round seven and nine. I don't know if you remember that, Liam, but mm. there was a few people that jumped on him after his first game. And I was very much, I think you might've been the same. You didn't get him in, but we yeah. were thinking, okay, this is a one-soft. They obviously, I think they played uh, the Eagles, Collingwood and Hawthorne, and all of whom he scored 167 from seven goals against, that was the Eagles, 184 from six goals against the Pies, who were almost his bunnies, and 125 against the Hawks when he kicked four goals, mm -hmm. all obviously in consecutive games. And that helped his price catapult almost to 180K. But whilst that is obviously a unique situation, unlikely to be replicated, it does demonstrate his ability to make bank as a value selection if he has consecutive high-scoring games. So while we normally look to steer clear of key position forwards, as we mentioned uh, in our first episode, uh, due to the volatility in his scoring, of course, that does lend himself more to primos. But uh, what we want here is a big bag early from Lynch to quickly make cash so we can upgrade him. Yep. So Liam, um, I don't know about you, but... I think he, he could be a nice cash cow. As I said, guaranteed best 22, but injury risk, obviously. We don't know if he's going to be fit enough for round one. We'll wait and see. We've got round zero to assess off the back of that as well, which is a bit of a bonus, but one to monitor closely. But if he's fit for round zero, he will be among the top selections for cash cows in the forward line, I think. Yep, agreed. Um, it just has to be ready to go round one. Um, and if he is, I think he can make some quick cash. Um, especially if you can just kick get a couple of bags early, yep. skyrocket in price, and then we can offload him quickly, which would be good. Um, moving on, next guy on the list is James Jordan, 275.5K, mid-forward eligible. He has an average of 49.3 in 2023, and playing for the Swans, he does have that extra buy. While Jordan finished with an average of just 49.3 in 2023, um, it should be noted that he was the sub in six of those matches and subbed <laughs> off in two, which uh, obviously impacts his overall average quite a lot. So would you take these scores out? It gives a true average of 68.3 in 2023, which would otherwise see him priced at 
100K more expensive heading into 2024. So he does screen potential value. The only, the other reason that he does find himself on this list is that as he moves across to the Swans, there's probably going to be more opportunity for him to play through the midfield and on the wing, which could see him as a valuable high-priced rookie or a low-priced mid-pricer if you want uh, to make some quick cash, provided the sub-tag doesn't also follow him across to the <laughs> Harbour City. Uh, he did manage three Stiff. games last season, Yana, yeah, right? I just... <laughs> They just want, I don't know, he's born in that green vest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he managed three games last season with bulk CBAs of 71, 57, and 43, which did see scores of 80, 49, and 94, respectively, which does show that if he is given that opportunity at the coalface, he can score well. But like Adams, it's really going to become a question of who makes way for him. Um, the, again, I think the fact that horse tends to favor a kind of a wider spread of um mm of mids um, in that rotation of CBAs might favor him slightly in the fact that he'll get some, yep. but we'll have to see. Uh, he will have an extra buy, which may or make him hard to include in your side, but we do also obviously get to see the opportunity of how he goes in round zero before we select him in our side. So there is that upside before picking him. So for me, he's a wait and see. I don't mind the pick, but I just can't justify it at this stage. Yeah. Yep. No, I think for me as well, like he's shown his history of being able to score decently, as you said, when given opportunity for both game time and CBAs in particular at the D's. But, you know, the, the opportunity is going to be the big sticking point and uh, beauty of round zero is, you yeah. know, we can we can see whether or not he gets enough of a crack to warrant selection and assess from there. But, um, you know, I guess the other thing that we should mention is it's probably more applicable to rookies when we um, – get into that uh, episode. But of course, those players, and especially the ones that uh, have a bit of cash to make, those that are playing in round zero, they will appreciate in price. They'll be on the bubble, as it were, a week earlier compared to other players or cash cows that are that are starting yeah. their season in round one. So um, these guys will help you upgrade your team a little bit quicker, depending on the number of players that you have. But it is offset by the fact that obviously they do have that extra buy round as well. So um, you've got to kind of weigh it up yeah. a bit. It is a little bit tricky. Um, and we'll obviously get into and delve into that a little bit further down the track in the preseason, obviously coming out of the back of round zero also. But um, yeah, it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. And I think the extra buy probably hurts Pre, like it's probably more of an issue for primos. We need to consider it more Best 18. Um, for them. Yeah, because if you knock off a primo, it means that your 19th best player is coming into the side. Um, and your 19th best player is probably a rookie at this day in the early, yeah. those early buys. So if it is a, a rookie that's um not playing, it just means it's an extra week without the cash. But as you said, they are appreciating earlier. So it's, I think we'll, we'll chat more about that later on in the preseason. 100%. Well, let's move on to the next candidate, and it is Cam McKenzie, uh, Hawks youngster, as a forward uh, selectable. He is priced at 271.5K with a 2023 average of 48.6. Uh, he's priced at that, and um, extra buy, he doesn't, uh, thankfully. Um, but I guess with McKenzie in his debut season, he managed at that average of 48.6 and over his 14 games in his uh, debut season uh, that came from, but for all of those games, he started as the sub. So in discounting them, it lifts his average to a 57.5, a little bit more respectable. The other thing that uh, was big that held him back in his scoring was he was recording an average time on ground of only 64%. So mm. that really did impact the amount of score that he could output from game to game. 
And in terms of engine room usage, he attended an average of 20% of CBAs, recording at least one in all but one game. But he never really got a big crack in the engine room with Sam Mitchell preferring to use him at half forward flank as the season wore on, which again, put more of a cap on his scoring ceiling. But we can see when he spent more time uh, in the midfield and more than at least half the game in the middle with 50% plus CBAs, he had an increase in scoring, managing a score of 93, as we saw back in round one burst on the scene when he had 52% CBAs. The other thing to think about is also Will Day. Uh, in recent days, as we record this, uh, came out that he suffered a foot fracture and mm-hmm. it potentially presents an early opportunity in the midfield uh, for the likes of Ken McKenzie. So could he potentially be one of those players to fill the void and potentially benefit with some extra CBAs? Mm-hmm. Probably uh, wait wait and see uh, prospect there. But Liam, uh, what, are you, uh, what are you thinking in terms of, uh, before I give my verdict, what are your thoughts with uh, old Cam? Yeah, I think the first question is, is he best 22? Mm. Um, And the second question is, can he crack into the midfield? I just don't think, I think without the CBAs, he's just not worth a pick. I think we have to wait and see. Unfortunately, Tamey, not unfortunately, but unfortunately for this discussion, Mm. um, Day might even play in round one. Um, There's no reason he won't be, like he he could be ready. I'd say the Hawks are probably going to be conservative with him. It's not like... Not like they really need to to risk him and and cause further injury. Um, so I think he probably does miss early. Um, but then it comes down to if he if Day comes back in round two, round three, is the McKenzie pick worth it? Um, so mm. I think let's see how it goes in the preseason. Uh, match him in the preseason games, and then we can go from there. But um, I don't mind the pick as obviously he's getting CBAs. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and. Um... That's the thing as well, like with the foot fracture with Will Day. Yeah, I reckon they'll probably be more conservative than not. But um, even so, you know, McKenzie, yeah, he burst on the scene as we outlined, a highly rated junior midfielder. So I guess it's mm. only a matter of time before he earns more CBAs in a developing Hawks outfit. But as you said, like an increase in his score likely hinges upon those increased CBAs. So we'd need to see him get them in the preseason and perform well across those games before I am tempted. Um, and again, like we don't even know if he's best 22 in and out of the side as well. Mm. That's probably the first hurdle that he needs to needs to jump before we then think about, okay, is he, is he going to be getting those extra CBAs? Um, I've also got Josh Ward as well, another youngster um, who's kind of had a bit more consistency in his game, had a bit more opportunity. Um, so... He's probably behind him as well. But nonetheless, we'll keep an eye on him because he could be a bit of a bolter. Agreed. Um, one to watch. Well, Liam, that uh, rounds us out for the second installment of our preseason midfield analysis. But uh, hopefully there's enough info there to feast your collective eyes and ears on. But Liam, what do we have on the horizon for our next preseason analysis episode? Yes, next up, we will be delving into and discussing the rookie options for the forwards. We'll be casting our eye over the forwards. Uh, forward rookies um, and just I guess for context as well we've uh, I guess basically defined anyone that is priced under two or t- 250 or under as a rookie just for the sake of this podcast just makes it a little bit easier uh, for us to yeah. uh, segment them um, yeah. <laughs> so even if they played like I don't know Fantasia probably played 100, 150 mm-hmm. games something like that yeah um, he would still be classified as rookie just because of his price for us yeah very much like in 2023 you know much like that, there's quite a few options there, mm. both in genuine first-year rookies and, as you mentioned there, using Fantasia uh, as an example. Good old Arazzi. I still can't believe he's going to be wearing the navy blue. Um, but uh, those established That's senior pretty. players that are at rookie uh, price points, mm, Liam, I can almost taste the juice, mm. the rookie juice, that is, already. 
But uh, of course, if there are any forward eligible players you'd like us to discuss, please comment them down below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us via podcast, feel free to hit us up across socials, slot into our mm -hmm. DMs, all that sort of stuff. So we'll be doing a Frequently Asked Players episode later in the preseason. So if there's a forward mid-pricer who you'd like us uh, to, I guess, give our collective thoughts on, just let us know. Yes, and um, you can find us on these social handles to send in those requests on Twitter at supercoach underscore edge on Facebook and Instagram, just search supercoach edge. You'll find us there. Very nice. And Liam, sorry, you, uh, you're, you've, you are an absolute trooper. You've uh, troopered through a couple of episodes now, back-to-back -back records and um, wheezing as well. So I'll let you. Yeah, sorry. I apologize. No, 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 no don't apologize. I can hear that. You have troopered through it and um, you, uh, it's almost like Clary-esque, you know, uh, just, just got, not in the, not in the off-field sense, but oh. in the sense of being able to find your way back on field and uh, and trooper through, mm, yes. so um, Liam, I'll let you uh, just have have a drink, have a puffer, your puffer if need be. Yep. But uh, that's for us this episode. That's another feather on the supercoach cap with another mm. episode in the can. So of course we'll catch you to do it all again in the next episode. So we'll uh, catch you then. See you guys.